0: Hi guys, this is Merlison with another episode review. My name is Momotastic. And I'm Miss Snowfox. And today's episode that we're going to review is Season 1, Episode 2, Valiant. But first let's have some news. coin lot tickets are officially on sale since Friday evening. Tickets for the whole weekend cost £250. Find the link to the webshop on Tumblr mary Lewis, the artist, whose username I probably mispronounced, I'm sorry, has created 12 brand new artworks for Merlin-themed calendar they're selling through Redbubble. Check out the link on our website. Camelot Drabble's annual Holiday Exchange Fest has opened signups on Friday. Go and sign up if you want more reasons to write fanfics. Real BBC Merlin had their first check-in, which is optional. If you've been writing for that challenge or creating art or anything, consider checking in on Life Journal. Winter Nights started posting on Friday, December the 1st. Go and check out the amazing works that have been posted so far. If you're participating in the Merlin Holidays Exchange, remember that assignments are due on the 4th of December, which is tomorrow, and that posting begins on the 11th of December. The Merlin Telephone Art Game signups open on the 15th of December. They've added an example post to show you what they hope to achieve with the game. Go and check it out on tumblr all right that's done on to the main topic and we're going to start with a short episode summary from the merlin wiki page as per usual
1: camelot is hosting an annual tournament and knights from throughout the realm have come to compete for its coveted title amongst these hoping to win the crown is knight valiant Armed with a magical shield, he will stop at nothing to win his prize, even if it means killing Arthur. Merlin tries to expose Valiant as a cheat to save Arthur's life, but even those closest to him do not
0: believe his claims. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun! Which is also a blatant lie, because Gaius does believe him? Yeah...
1: I don't think we're going to really, you know, treat Wiki as the source of all knowledge. Uh, basically, it's about, <laughs> it's about as relevant as the Slash Dragon, isn't
0: it? I would trust a fandom Wiki to be at least, you know, more accurate, but there you go.
1: It probably loses track of who's keeping what secrets, considering the writers couldn't even keep track, so... Right, let's get into some statistics Yes,
0: yes. Okay, so this episode was first aired on the 27th of September, 2008. There are two whole female characters who have lines in this episode, and of course they are Gwen and Morgana. There are seven male characters with lines. There's of course Arthur, Merlin, Geis, and Uther, who are the main cast, and then Valiant, Devlin, the guy who sells Valiant the shield, and Sir Ewan, the knight who dies from Valiant's snakes. And of course the enemy monster monster of the week is <clears throat> Valiant with his snakes in the shield. I feel like this is a, a really cool um, band title. Valiant and the snakes and the shield. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Someone write a fanfic about that. Oh my please. god. It definitely would not be PG. Um, yeah, our favorite basement lizard, and I lose favorite very loosely here. Uh, the dragon <laughs> appears and Arthur kills one person, Valiant, and one, well, technically two creatures, the serpents. Merlin also kills one of the snakes. So I actually rewatched this episode today, so I could actually contribute more than what well, uh, I hate how Arthur treats Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> so I have oh. I have a couple of notes on what I disliked and liked about this episode, but maybe you want to start rocks and I just um, cover yeah, whatever can, you didn't.
1: I can see your your notes here. Um, I mean, I feel like you know, not to sound repetitive, but. Tonally, this is what I was talking about in the last episode review that, you know, just there doesn't seem to be a real sense of time passing in the sense that we would expect it to. And these two already seem kind of way too familiar with each other at this point. They're cracking jokes. They're kind of, you know, having a bit of banter. And obviously that scene where he's like, yeah, I believe you, that should have come much later it should have been a massive massive deal and a massive plot point that he actually chooses his word over the, the word of a night and it comes in the second episode and it's just a testament to you know trying to get the audience on board because that's the way that tv works and it, it's annoying so um you know you can't really blame the writers too much for that but that is something that i kind of disliked i really didn't like uh, will Miller's northern accent coming through I'd, oh my god see i, I love he, that
0: i i love the accent it makes
1: me cringe so bad because he legitimately sounds like an actor trying to or or, or like a lad that just put on a cape and like, a lad. You know, decided like just like a lad like you know like hey, up, you know just kind of like <laughs> oh man i just can't with it and yeah when I see him behind the scenes and then when I see him in the show, I feel like he's trying so hard to not act like himself. And I just can't deal with that. He's all right. Like he's not the greatest actor ever. He's just kind of there. Um, I do not get Morgana's attraction to him at all. Personally. I just feel like that's very, very weird, but yeah, I do like, I don't know. Like, I didn't have any kind of major problems. Just again, just those, that thing of the kind of, pacing of things and the way that things were moving in a way that was just very very fast but that just kind of set the tone for that i mean that you know that's what season one kind of i mean season one to two really even though two i prefer over one it's just kind of go 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 things moving around and kind of falling wherever the writers kind of wanted to
0: yeah tying into that actually is my one of my first points again coming back to how arthur behaves towards Merlin how he treats him it's like you said that you know in the beginning or in the first half he's overly familiar with Merlin already or Merlin with him both of them with each other really like yeah I believe you that Valiant did the thing you know even though they've (laughs) known each other for literally two days maybe three and this is Merlin's second day of work or something how long are we like I don't I think it's supposed to be a couple of days after the pilot episode, but it's, uh, I think Merlin's first day of work when the episode starts. So oh, let's say he, okay. yeah, like really, really early on because Gaius, I think, asks him how his first day went course, or something yeah. like that. Oh, that how
1: was your first day, of course. Yeah. yeah.
0: Duh. So it's only, it's either the next day after the feast or just a couple of days later. So, anyway, the duality of how Arthur treats Merlin. Because in the beginning, he bullies Merlin because that's just who Arthur is as a character at this point in time. And I can... I don't like it, but I see the point of it. His Arthur is an arrogant prince and he has no respect for servants. And that totally makes sense to me, even if I don't like it. And then there's the whole well, do you swear to me that you're telling the truth? And Merlin's like, yes. And then Arthur's like, well, then I believe you. And I'm like, okay, sure, fine. I can, you know, my ship of heart is is jumping, but doesn't really make sense from a narrative point of view. But okay, I'm going to roll with it. And then as soon as Arthur gets shut down by his father, Because he doesn't have any proof that his father will accept to back up his claims. Arthur turns on Merlin once again, shouting at him and and blaming him for being humiliated in front of Uther and the court. And I'm like, listen, buddy, you chose to believe Merlin. It's not his fault that Ewan died. Or that your dad is a prick. Or, you know, any of it. Um, And that's... uh, Like, this wishy-washy, super polarized behavior of Arthur is just... It's just really annoying to watch. Because it's like, like you said, the writers couldn't really decide what to do with it. And, like, even from scene to scene, Arthur's character just changes. But I feel like... The whole thing with, I think, kind
1: of the second outburst of his does make a bit more sense from a character point of view because even later on in the season, um, in the Labyrinth of Gedref, you see him um, kind of, like, his... Pride being, like, a fatal flaw. And, I mean, what is worse of a knock to his pride than him having put his trust in Merlin? Now he has no proof. He's in front of his father, who he has a million issues with, basically making him look like an idiot in front of the whole court. He's got a massive ego complex around Valiant because his father really likes Valiant. And all the nobles, all the knights, Gaius, everyone, and he's literally made to... Yeah, who he fancies. And he's made to look that small. And, like, I can if like we're let's believe which we are that pride is a massive thing of his then i can completely see him flipping out and just turning on like (laughs) like a like a hornet because it's just like come on that's like the most embarrassing thing that could happen to you especially when it's pointed out he's like well no i don't have any proof but my servant and then he's like you what like and it's just like yeah that doesn't make sense to me even though it's horrible but um, and also obviously him being called a, cause, because he's called a coward, which is obviously just like the worst thing you can call a knight. So it's, you know, I think, oh, and it comes from Valiant, who he obviously hates. Yeah. It's just really frustrating because that makes more sense to me than the I believe you scene. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you put it this way, I hadn't even looked at it from this side, but yeah, you're right. That's, uh, it does make sense. It just, it annoys me anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely. But also you could like, You know, we can go into this more in our kind of character review, but just really briefly, I think it's a good way of seeing how Uther has a massive impact on Arthur. Because obviously, when he's alone with Merlin, he can really be himself. And that's where we kind of see like like that's basically the crux of their relationship when when they're alone, he can be who he wants. So I think he like he breaks out like in front of his friends, in front of his nights he's like this kind of like bully and whatever and like when it's all banter and then when it actually comes down to serious moments he wants to be good and then as soon as he's put in front of Uther and he actually is put on the spot he feels so much pressure I think that it just kind of gets too much for him so but you know I think when you analyze it it can kind of be understood but from a storytelling perspective it's very very irritating when it's in one episode it's like this way that way like you said it's just like
0: oh. (laughs) the other two things i wrote down for things i disliked are really minor things that i just uh, picked up on because i was actually you know watching and paying attention to what would bother me (laughs) so i noticed that the dress gwen is wearing it's really impractical, Be- because it's really long and it's dragging on the ground. And like, I don't care that Morgana has super anachronistic clothes that drag on the ground for miles, like we can see later in the episode, or earlier. No, I think later. Um, but to have for a servant to have a dress <laughs> like Gwen's that drags on the ground, it just Seems so impractical to me.
1: To be honest with you, I'll take whatever she's wearing there, whatever. Yeah, over anything else she gets put
0: in in the future seasons. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I absolutely agree. But um, okay, that and the last thing I disliked is the part when Morgana enters Arthur's chambers before the fight with Valiant and takes over from. The other servant who's putting, helping Arthur into his armor. And, um, so she, she says, I used to help my father with his armor to explain why she's helping him with his armor. And she's literally just touching two straps on his armor that have already been tightened to perfection. I'm just like, listen, if you wanted to make a point that Morgana knows her way around the armor and that she, you know, is a fighter, at heart maybe she should have come in earlier in the scene and actually helped him put on a part of his armor rather than just and just bundle him a little i mean no that's not what they were it's just uh, (laughs) that's uh, the point they weren't going for anything they 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 didn't think it through
1: i don't know like i feel like when I watched it or like if I was to rewatch it, I feel like I kind of felt like that was kind of like a throwaway line for her to have an excuse to be there as opposed to like actually being there to help touch up his armor. Like she's, you know, there because, you know, she's got the thirst and she's just like, you know, doesn't want him to go and die. Um, but I mean, I quite like that scene just because it's like really full of tension. And at the time I
0: obviously really,
1: really shipped to them. So I was like, Oh my God.
0: <laughs> Uh, and i mean of course she would never go in and be like i just wanted to come in and say goodbye in case you die (laughs) yeah
1: i mean we're gonna go into my issues about any kind of like historiographical references when we go on to that episode (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. like, like a single lady of high ranking birth who at the time is not known to be related to arthur in any way shape or form would not have been allowed anywhere near his chambers or his person
0: alone yeah okay i'm no. done <laughs> okay get it let's get into what we like yeah i
1: mean it's, it's an okay episode i mean it, it's, it's, it's up a lot of cool but okay so we 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 get the beginnings of the fact that Morgana, you know, is having these nightmares, which I think is really important. Um, it's not, you know, explicit like I, I think actually what they did quite well with Morgana, um, the only thing they did really well with Morgana, I think, is that they actually kind of did like drop in these kind of hints about what she might become quite early on, but it wasn't explicit. Like we only have one Like, moment, and it's not even like a nightmare. She's just kind of like having like a sleep, and it's like this kind of quick vision. And then, like, she just says, I don't want you to fight tomorrow. And, like, she, but it, she doesn't make a big deal out of it. Like, and it kind of grows and grows and grows. And it's not till like the second half of the season that we actually get her having an actual premonition she's just kind of like oh what was that and i quite like that because in the first episode we had him say oh she's been having these nightmares but we don't see it and we're kind of getting the beginnings of it which i think is quite interesting that it's and it's not made a big deal of it is there and then we kind of come back to it later which i think is quite cool uh i like that we see gwen helping merlin with his armor that, that was really really sweet um which, yeah, cause I love them so much. <laughs> like, I just, I'm just like, oh. And, um, but again, we've got the, um, I don't know if this was conscious, uh, on the part of the writers or the, uh, sorry, not the writers. This would be the director and, um, and Angel, but you definitely hear a mu- much more of Angel's natural accent in these early episodes and especially season one. And in that scene in particular, she like is her, her Angel like natural accent comes through so much when she's talking about the armor and I don't know if that's I mean when she's then queen she's like sounds extremely posh which obviously I get but I don't know if that was on purpose or if she just kind of did that because she's like oh well now I'm kind of you know more important and when she was a servant she didn't really care I feel like you know I don't, you know, oh, I don't know. I just feel like it always just bugged me that I was like, you know, why, why are you letting your natural voice come through? Like, that's just really like, like, like with you in the train, it's just kind of like, I, no, don't do that. Like, accents are a big thing for me. I think they really make a character. And I'm just like, you just sound like yourself when you do that. Don't do that. <laughs> like, please just don't do that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much, actually, no, there's, there's not much kind of to say. I mean, this was really kind of, I feel like this was Arthur's episode, like more. I mean, and well, I mean, and Merlin. I mean, because because obviously we have the whole thing with Merlin having to conquer like a magical obstacle, which we'll cover in the Merlin character like based episode, but where he has to turn that dog from stone into a real dog, which is just such a bizarre like scene. I'm just like, he just kind of, like, sees the statue and he's like, do you have a wheelbarrow? And it's like, you couldn't have practiced on anything else? Like, there's nothing else you could have transformed? Well, it's because
0: he saw that damn statue in that moment It was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a dog. I'm pretty sure that there are listeners out there who can, you know, sympathize with that.
1: I don't know, it was just I mean, I, um, I will say like I uh I really enjoyed the scene between uh Gwen and Merlin when they're on the steps and she comes to speak to him. I think that that is actually one of my favorite scenes in the episode because there's so much that like oh there's so much good dialogue between them and that's so rare for this series. Like just kind of they're sitting there and when and she and you know she says well, what are you going to do about it? And he just says, like, why does everyone think it's up to me to do something? And she says, well, because it is, isn't it? You know, because, you know, who else is going to do it? You have to show them that, you know, you were right. And it's just such a wonderful scene to show the difference between the way they see the world. Like, she has always been a character, even from the very beginning up until the end, that wants to do the right thing. And um, I feel like she's kind of been this moral compass throughout the show and uh you know we'll cover this when we get to the Arthur part of the thing but i don't think that Arthur is even though obviously he's meant to be like this great king i don't think he has as much of a moral compass as she does and that's why he relies on her so much and so and with Merlin sitting there just being like well hang on why is it my problem and it's just him starting to kind of understand i think the gravity of everything that living in this place is actually gonna you know demand from him but yeah it's just so wonderful just like well why is it me well because it is because you know that he's gonna die you have to do something but yeah um and she's just so charming in that in that moment and just so naive like when you look at her just like her cute face like in those early just kind of like well it is isn't it oh she's just so sweet in those early those early moments so what did you like about the episode
0: um again a couple of small things that just stood out to me when i was looking at this um earlier one thing i always like is the music they use in this episode especially like the the valiant theme this really brooding dangerous sound of it with the with the deep vocals You know, the... It just... I love it. I I really... I hate Valiant as a character. (laughs) Or like, I hate Valiant, the character. But I love... I love his score. (laughs) For that alone, he could have been in more episodes, just so I could listen to this more often. Um, Yeah, what I also like is that Merlin actually... That we get to see Merlin actually practicing a spell and learning new magic because we, I, we touched on this, um, during last episode review already. We lose this as the show goes on. Like in the first season, they make a point of showing us Merlin learning new spells occasionally, usually because he needs to enchant a weapon or figure something out to save Arthur or whatever. But he learns new spells. And I like that. I like that Um, it's not always easy for him to master new magic, even though he does, in the same episode, effortlessly keep stuff going on. Like, he has the scene where he's sitting on his bed, reading his book of spells, and in the background, the shield is polishing itself, and, you know, the sword is sharpening itself, and so on. So he can, you know, magic does sort of come easily to him. And he is powerful because he can keep that up without consciously thinking about it because he's reading a book. Obviously, he's concentrating on something else. But then also because he's still inexperienced and doesn't know the whole scope of his magical powers yet. He still needs to work on some things, on focusing his magic on more precise actions. And I like that we get to that we get to see this so that's something i i really enjoyed and again i i'm sad that we lose this as the show moves further on because then it's just basically the same stuff over and over again but let me not start in on the push spell because it's just going to make me angry um okay something else um something that i actually like about this episode is again this is only a few days after Merlin came to Camelot. Let's say maybe a week after he came to Camelot. And, um, he, uh, so his and Gaius's relationship is still new. You know, it's not the relationship that we, that develops later on because as of now, Gaius is just this, strange dude that his mom knows. And Merlin is just the weird magical boy who was sent by Huneth, whom Gaius knew half a lifetime ago. And so when they have this conversation about, you know, Merlin using his magic carelessly by calling a book to him and opening it because he can't move his arms. And uh, and Gaius (laughs) being all like, uh, what if someone would have seen it? What would I do if you were discovered and Merlin's like, Well what would you do if i caught if I got caught using magic? yeah, and Gaius hesitates before answering and then he quickly changes the subject because at this point in time, Gaius might be maybe a little bit fond of Merlin because of who Merlin is in relation to. Gaius, you know, hunne's son. But he is not quite ready yet to do anything for Merlin, to trust Merlin with anything and to, you know, um put himself on the front lines for Merlin and I love that. I never really noticed this before. I really noticed it today. It really stood out to me how Gaius is hesitates when Merlin asks him, well, what would you do if someone caught me using magic? I know. And it's just, that is that is one of the few moments that are really, really good. And I don't know if it's just down to um, the actor's talent or if it's really directing or writing that made this happen. But it's just, I love it. Well,
1: the line that follows is, well, you just make sure that doesn't happen. So it's already kind of like the intent is written in there that like, well, he doesn't have an answer for that. So it's just kind of like, yeah,
0: but still it's, it's still, you know, interpretation because uh, Richard could have easily said this much more quickly and just, you know, not have this hesitating moment of shit. What do I tell this boy about uh, what I think I would do if he got caught right now?
1: But that's a testament as well, I think, to how much more seriously they were treating the guy's character in season one. And I think that as the fans kind of realized, like, we're really into, like, Melanoth, Arthur, they really started to drop a lot of these, like, subplots. Because in the first few episodes, like, his whole backstory is, like, shrouded in so much, like, mystery. Like, in, like, in The Dragon's Call, when they have that conversation, and he's, you know, kind of like, did you used to study magic? And he just is like, uther banned such practices years ago you know and he just that's kind of also there, not an answer you yeah know? <laughs> you just kind of seem to go you seem to know a lot about this guys and then in this episode where he's kind of like acting all shady you're like you seem to know a lot about this guys <laughs> kind of like, you know. but actually we don't really get that much about his past apart from how it's linked to uther and that's a shame because he clearly did study magic and do like was it behind Uther's back did Uther know about it did Uther kind of like let him kind of sneak into the shadows and not practice magic but promise that he wouldn't and stuff and I'm just like wow don't drop those threads I really wanted to see what that was
0: gonna be but
1: yeah he's like
0: he's a bit of an anti-hero in these first few episodes and I love that it's so yeah. cool. Garrus was definitely more interesting uh in the beginning you no. Okay. And he, I mean,
1: I can't wait to discuss Gaius in the Mark of Nimue episode because he has some quality banter in that episode. I just cannot. I mean, his entire character is based around banter. I just think he's like this. Oh, he's the sassiest. Oh, I love him. This is. This is where Merlin got it from. Like Merlin was already born sassy, but I feel like being like raised again by guys, he like just upped the ante. And and guys,
0: just guys has no more fucks to give. It's just so obvious.
1: He just has. He has no chill with that eyebrow. Like, um, I'm just quickly going to talk about... like, I mean, I've already kind of mentioned it, but I'm just quickly going to say that I really do love Arthur and Morgana's scenes in this episode. They really w- did a great job in building their relationship in season one towards something that was going to be romantic. And, you know, it started out with her being like, oh, I've been thinking about Arthur. And then in this episode, they're just at each other's throats all the time. And they're both clearly jealous and clearly can't... You know, they they literally are like one of my favorite like relationship dynamics in season one which is the kind of like oh we like each other but we don't want to and it's so inconvenient and it's just like i have I just...
0: a yeah i have a one of my uh i like points is um that like the scene when all the knights from the tournament get introduced to uther and lady morgana and then first you have valiant being you know a slimy charming blah and then Arthur comes up and, and there's just like, um, Arthur is just so jealous. <laughs> and then, and then, um, Morgana is like, I hope Valiant beats him in the tournament. And Gwen is like, you don't really want that. And Morgana's like, yes, of course I want him to win. And then Gwen's smug little face because she knows exactly that Morgana's only saying this so Arthur won't find out that she likes
1: him and it's like also just a quick note on that scene what makes me laugh every time and I'm sure you'll like know this little bit because you just rewatched it, is when they're doing that procession of the knights introducing themselves and Uther has that conversation with Valiant and Valiant's like basically you know bending over for him to like make sure he likes him and he's just like oh To lose is to be disgraced and he's like, I couldn't agree more and he introduces him to Morgana and then Arthur walks down the procession and he's just like, Arthur, Father doesn't say anything. It's just so funny. Because well obviously like he knows who Arthur is, but it's just coming from the back of what just happened is just so entertaining. Oh, this show does have some good laughs, I'd say. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, I think that's, you know, there's not much else to kind of talk about in terms of, you know, meat. Um, apart from, I will say, it's very, I mean, like you said, Arthur kills one person, he kills Valiant. It's very weird for, like, I think the line of like, oh, it looks like I'll be going to the feast after all is such a weird line for him to say as he's murdering this dude. And it's just like, hmm, I'm not so sure about that. I don't know how that ended up in the episode. <laughs>
0: Yeah. What I do like about Valiant as a villain is that um, he is one of the very few, if not even the only one, I haven't checked, um, who's not, you know, who doesn't start the episode trying to specifically kill Arthur or hurt Uther or Camelot. Like, uh, he just wants to defeat Arthur to win the tournament and to win the 3,000 pieces of gold you know that's his goal he gets the shield so his win in the tournament would be uh, would be ensured and then that he has to fight Arthur in the final is just you know that's just coincidence um, so I mean of course he enjoys making fun of Arthur and humiliating him along the way but that's not specifically just about Arthur being Uther's son or being the prince of Camelot it's just you know valiant being a dick basically <laughs> and trying to antagonize an uh, Arthur and and throw him off basically to uh to just make him insecure and throw him off balance it's not valiant is like the only villain whose goal is not to Uh, take revenge on Uther by killing Arthur or to kill Uther to make sure that magic might come back to Camelot or any of that. He's literally just a greedy, ruthless bastard. I love it! (laughs) That makes him much more interesting to me. I feel like, but the she
1: won out, like they just kind of needed Arthur as a sacrifice to Get back to their original form, right? It was like a means to an end. It wasn't that they want that they had, like so. You kind of get, but 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 they are there for him, yeah, for sure. Like because they needed a prince, right? So she was, yeah, like, oh, exactly. They needed a prince, and they yeah.
0: specifically picked Arthur. And and Valiant is just like, well, if I have to kill the crown prince of Camelot, then that's just what I have to do. Sorry, mate But uh,
1: yeah, I mean the episode. Yeah, like I feel like the episode is a you know it's a pretty decent follow up you know for a 2008 kind of you know follow up episode to a pilot you know you've got the the continuing themes of magic must be kept a secret merlin stop using it in public you've got the continuing themes of you know oh you know i have to make sure that i don't get found out you've got the continuing themes of arthur learning to be a better person and merlin learning how to do more
0: magic but on um, that sorry if i'm interrupting but on that arthur learning how to be a better person i actually that's um my uh, last note, if I ignore the little Murther Shippy thing that I also wrote down, but um, at the very end of the episode, after Arthur has defeated Valiant, and when the feast is happening, you know, he escorts Morgana into the hall, and Morgana is like, so when do you think Uther is going to apologize to you? And Arthur is like, he's never going to apologize, what do you think? And then... A minute later, after he and Morgana already started sniping at each other again, um, Arthur deliberately goes over to Merlin and apologizes to Merlin. And I love this juxtaposition of Arthur pointing out that Uther would never apologize even to Arthur for making a mistake or for not believing him. But Arthur apologizes to Merlin, a servant, whom he already sacked for humiliating him in Arthur's, you know, from Arthur's point of view. And I just, I love that. Whether you're a shipper or not, that's just, you know, already a bit of character progress. Arthur's already, he's, you know, he might not be ready to admit that with he only managed to defeat Valiant with Morgana's help. But at least he is... Willing to admit that he was wrong about shouting at Merlin. So, you know, um, (laughs) I noticed that today and I was just like, yes, that is, that is such a good, you know, contrast between the kind of king Uther is and the kind of king Arthur might become. So, yeah. And if I want to add on to that with it's, tiny little bit more shipping thing even though it's technically uh, only logical that this happened but um, in the scene when Gwen helps Merlin figure out how to put on Arthur's armor Merlin is of course wearing Arthur's armor he's not just wearing any armor it's Arthur's armor and I mean as I said it makes sense because that's the armor he needs to learn how to put on And it's probably
1: the only one he has access to Yes,
0: I mean, you know, he does have access to the weapons chamber. So presumably he might have access to other armor. And Gwen being the daughter of a blacksmith, she probably could have provided him with sample pieces of armor to practice putting on. But Merlin specifically wanted to learn how to put on Arthur's armor because that's the only kind of armor he needs to be able to put on. And I'm just like... I have a little, you know, a little rapid heartbeat for seeing Merlin wearing Arthur's breastplate. And, you know, it's just, I was like, wait, that's Arthur's armor. There's like, because Arthur's armor have all these, has all this, um, not embroidery. What's it called when it, there's engravings of the, on his armor, which just, uh, makes it really obvious that it's his. And I was just like, wait a second. That's Arthur's armor. I mean, it's of course also his helmet, but yeah.
1: Also, just to kind of like add one more shippy thing to this, because as the episodes go on, we'll be able to like, I want to try and find like a Mirtha moment of the week. But I, <laughs> love, but I love the fact that like, and someone pointed this out on Tumblr, and if, if you're the original poster, please come at me, but, um, I saw something like, you know, why on earth is Arthur practicing his sword skills with Merlin when Merlin has no idea how to fight? And it's clearly just so he can spend more time with him because it's like, why, like, it makes no sense. Like, he has no challenge presenting him with trying to fight against Merlin at the beginning when he's practicing with him. And it's like, why would he do that? And it's like, clearly because, you know, he's crushing and he just needs to, like, you know feel that chemistry see if it's there
0: it is by the way also he announces all his blows before he deals them which is probably something he would not do if he were training with any other of the knights because the point is to surprise them but he warns Merlin because he's like well this guy doesn't know how to fight I better tell him where I'm gonna strike (laughs) so he has a snowflake's chance in hell to defend himself and i'm like
1: oh my god so when merlin falls over
0: like and he just gives out that uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and arthur's like, like are you ready <laughs> well does it make a difference if i say no <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not Really?
0: and he's like is it over and he just looks like he's about to die <laughs> and, yeah. just, and then just it's like, can you hear clanging <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh i'm glad we found something like cute like it's just, like, it's, it's quite angsty actually but no i just love it. it's like, oh. that's
0: that's that's the cute stuff to end this episode on i think <laughs> <laughs> well next time we're gonna have another character episode this time about author of course since we did merlin last time and we're really looking forward to it aren't we
1: yes Yes. there's a lot to talk about i'm worried
0: that we won't have time (laughs) yeah yeah. what yeah let's hope we don't have to split it into two episodes
1: Mm.
0: all right
1: (laughs) uh so let us know guys what your favorite and least favorite parts about the episode were or if you have any parts that we kind of didn't touch on and you really want to let everyone hear then send us a talk back or uh, tweet at us or go to our Tumblr and post something there uh, under the episode. We would love to hear
0: from you. Momo will tell you the deets right now. <laughs> so you can email us at merlins.podcast at gmail.com or find us on Tumblr, Twitter, or Archive of Our Own with our podcast name, Merlisen. And there you can leave any kind of feedback, questions, or requests to come and be a guest on any episode especially the uh, episode reviews we're doing if there's an episode you especially love and enjoy talking about and want to contribute just tell us and we'll see about setting up a session to record with you when we're talking about that episode mm-hmm.
1: so thank you very much guys uh, I'm Miss Fox,
0: and I'm Momotastic
1: and we'll see you guys next time Bye. Bye.